like a full body cast by the end of the two weeks. And I was just like, oh, come on, Lord, like, please help me out. Just give me a break. Like, just give me like a few days in a row of like just healthy living where I can just function normally. And I would ask, like, have you guys ever felt that way? Maybe not like, like God, like allow me to breathe without throwing out my back. But like, have you ever been like, like, Lord, just like help me out in this situation? Like, God, it feels like, man, everything is coming at me at a 1,000 miles per hour. Like, please just let me catch a break. You see, all you guys, you started school either this week or last week, and I was just talking to some students right before this, and they're already like, man, I already have, like, hours of homework I got to do. Okay, I'm going to go home, like, from this, I'm going to do homework, and tomorrow it's the same thing. Like, I got homework my very first day. First off, if you're a teacher and you give homework on the first day, like, that's unbiblical right there. Like, everyone knows, first day is day for syllabus. That's all you do. But maybe for you, like, your schedule is just crazy. You know, you're on, like, four different sports teams, and you're in a club, and you do dance, and, you know, every single day you wake up at 6 a.m., go to your practice, and then you go to school, and then after school you have homework, and then you have, like, another practice, and where you got to practice your trumpet or violin or whatever instrument that you play or your mom makes you play, and then you wake up and repeat the same day or the same thing the very next day. Or, for some of you guys, it's a transition. It's a different school that you're going to, and all of a sudden you have all these new friends, and, you know, there's people who you thought used to be your friends, and now they're talking behind your back, and you have all this friend drama on top of all your schoolwork, or maybe you also have stuff going on at home with mom and dad or siblings and stuff like that. And it's just constant where you're like, man, God, I can't catch a break with anything I do. So many of you guys, you saw that video, a lot of you guys just got back from a loss of race over the summer, and it was incredible, like, few weeks, and many of you guys were like, God, I'm ready to go all in for you, and you get back here, and I see it every single year with so many students, as you guys get hit with real life, and all of a sudden, you're just like, man, I can barely keep up. Like, how am I supposed to have time for God when I have all of this going on? And so that's the question that we're going to answer today, is when life gets busy, how do you remain focused on God? And today we're going to be taking a look at this story about this man in the Bible. His name is Joseph. You can find him in the book of Genesis. And basically Joseph, he was the 11th son out of 12. He had 10 older brothers, one younger. And he was the first son that his father Jacob had with his wife that he really loved. And basically because of that... Joseph was the favorite son amongst all of the sons that Jacob had. And he one day, Jacob decided to make Joseph like the super fancy like Gucci coat and gave it to him. And because he did that, it caused jealousy amongst all of his brothers. And his brothers didn't like him, one, because he was a favorite son. Two, his dad was giving him like Gucci gifts. And three, but real quick, how many of you guys are like the first child or second child? And like the youngest sibling is always the favorite. See, I was right there with you. Like, I have no siblings. I'm telling you, it's real. It's real. But one day, Joseph, you see, he has this dream. And it's a dream that actually God gives him. And basically what the dream is, he saw that one day his brothers would bow down to him and say, we are your servants. And the very next morning, Joseph, he wakes up and he tells his brothers this. And as you know, his brothers already didn't like him. And this didn't really help. And his brothers, after this, decided that they want to kill Joseph. So that's where we're going to pick up today. It's in Genesis chapter 37. It said, they said to one another, here comes this dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the pits. 
So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his robe, the robe of many colors that he wore, and they took him and threw him into a pit. And their plan was to leave him there and let him die in the pit. But then one brother has a little bit of mercy, and he says, you know, instead of just throwing him in the pit, let's at least make a little bit of money off him. So they decide to take him out of the pit and sell him into slavery. We read that. It says, then the midnight traders passed by, and they drew Joseph up and lifted him out of the pit and sold him into to the Ishmaelites for 20 shekels of silver. And they took Joseph to Egypt. You see, in this story, we read that Joseph was given a dream by God. It wasn't Joseph's dream. It was a dream that was given to him by God. And similarly in this room, I would say if you are a believer in Christ, you have been given a calling, a purpose by God. See, every single one of you in this room, you've been given a purpose by God. And this summer, many of you guys, you came forward to our call to ministry and you said, God, like, this is what I want to do full time. Like, I feel like I'm called to ministry and one day I'm going to pastor people. I'm going to help people out. I'm going to bring people to you, God. And, but what has happened is, like I said, you came to school. And real life hit and all of a sudden things got busy and so often I think students you guys can have this like thought process of like one day I will live out the calling that God has gave me one day I'll live out the purpose that God has given me but not right now see right now I'm just in seventh grade or right now I mean, I'm just now entering high school I have all this going on one day when I'm a teacher that's when I'm really gonna start getting on fire for God that's when I'm really gonna start living out what I'm supposed to do or maybe it's when I become like that profession or maybe after I graduate high school that's when I'm really gonna start working for you God and really start serving you God but here's the thing yes one day God has placed a calling on your life and you will eventually reach this destination where God wants to use you but guess what he's not gonna wait till then he's gonna start using you right now along the way you see with God how God works he doesn't wait till you get there he starts using you right where you're at right now you see what I want to tell you today is that your position is purposed your position is purposed you see wherever you find yourself right now God has you there for a reason whatever school you're in whatever sports team you're on Whatever family you are in, right now God has you there for a reason. And it's not just for you to get by in life and just go by day by day and just kind of see what happens. No, God has you there to influence people. See, today, in today's world, we see so many people on social media and Instagram and YouTube and they make money as influencers. That's a, a word that we hear all the time. And basically what these influencers do is they take a message that they are extremely passionate about. And they do everything in their power to make sure as many people hear about it. And so in response, all of these people then listen to them. And that's how they make money. And that's how they are so successful. Well, every single one of you guys have a message you guys need to share as well. You see, those all the influencers on YouTube and social media and Twitter and all of that, you know, what's funny about them is that the message they have carries no weight. But guess what? The message you guys have, the message of Jesus Christ, the gospel of Jesus, that is a life-changing truth and has the potential to affect so many people in so many lives and change everything for so many people. You see, you should be passionate about taking what you have and sharing it with other people and serving God and going after him faithfully with those people. You see, the excuse I always hear from students is this right here. Elvis, you don't know my school. 
Elvis, you don't know my family. Elvis, like, you don't know, like, my situation that I'm currently in. Like, and, like, school, like, I get, like, I'm supposed to, like, share, like, the mix and everything like that, but, like, I can't do it right now. I can't do it with my family. Like, you don't understand, like, my mom or dad or the situation that I am. But here's the thing. Anytime anyone tries to do anything great, there is always opposition. See, look in this world. Anytime anyone has ever tried to do anything great, there has always been opposition to them. And look at the story of Joseph. He literally has his dream. He tells his brothers about it. And what do they do? They throw him in the pit and they let him be there to die. See, anytime anyone wants to do anything great, there is always opposition. So how do you continuously stay focused on God when it feels like the entire world is telling you to do the opposite? Well, let's look at Joseph. In Genesis 39, we'll go ahead and pick up. It said, now Joseph had been brought down to Egypt and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, the captain of the guard, an Egyptian. You see, Joseph, he is sold to this man named Potiphar. It says, had brought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down there. The Lord was with Joseph and he became a successful man and he was in the house of his Egyptian master. His master saw that the Lord was with him and that the Lord caused all that he did to succeed in his hand. You see, Joseph, he understood that the position he was in was purpose. He knew that one day he had something that he was going to achieve, but right now where he was at had purpose. So what did he do? He served God faithfully where he was at. And as a result, what does the Bible tell us? It says that he was made successful. But right on cue, anytime you have success, guess what? There's always opposition. See, eventually Potiphar, he had this wife. His wife started to take a liking to Joseph. One day saw Joseph like, dang, that boy's cute. And so she made advances towards Joseph, and Joseph said, no, I cannot do that. That's a sin against God. So her response was she then accused him of trying to take advantage of him or advantage of her. And as a result, she told her husband, hey, Joseph, tried to take advantage of me. And because of that, Joseph ended up getting thrown in prison. So guess what? Joseph was now in a position he did not deserve, but it was a position that he did not allow to limit what he was going to do. See, he understood that his position was purpose. And at this point in the story, Joseph has every single reason to throw in the towel and quit and say, you know what, God, I'm done with this. I have so much going on right now. I've tried serving you, but all that's landed me is in the pit. And now I'm well, I was a slave and now I'm in a prison. Like, God, I'm done. Same thing you guys can say. I'm like, God, I can't do this right now. I have so much going on. You don't understand my teachers at school. They keep hounding me over homework, and they keep giving more and more homework. Or my coaches, they're constantly telling me I need to be at, like, practice is my number one priority. Football is my number one priority, and they get mad at me anytime I bring up church. Or maybe that's your family. You know, you may go to church, but, you know, they're not very supportive of it. So how do you live for God when everyone is telling you to do the opposite? Well, it starts with serving others, serving others. And here's the thing. I think a lot of times with our priorities, we can think of like, I know I'm supposed to keep God number one. And a lot of times that's how we look at it. It's God number one, family number two, then your 
school number three or for you, many of you guys maybe it's a different order depending on the season or what is important to you but that's not the way God wants you to live you see the way it works in God's economy it's not God one and separately it's school two then separately it's um, sports number three see how God wants you to live is he wants you to keep he wants you to keep him at the center of everything that you do. So it shouldn't be God over your sports team. God should be at the center of your sports team and everything that you do. You should be the one that's setting the example to all the other players and the one that the coach can lean on. In your school, God should be in the center of your school. God shouldn't be over your school, if that makes sense. You guys get what I'm saying? Like. You should be the one in your classroom who, once again, is setting an example. In your family, God's at the center of your family. You're the one that's leading out. You're the one who's coming to church. You're the one who is serving, setting the example for your own parents, for your sibling. See, Galatians 5, it says this. For you were called to freedom, brothers. Only do not use your freedom as an opportunity for the flesh, but through love serve one another. Every single person in this room, you have been given a gift by God. See, whether you realize it or not, some of you guys are extraordinary athletes. I met this guy named Ben. He's sitting over there. He's like 6'7". You cannot miss him. He's an extraordinary basketball player. Guess what? I'm never going to be as good at basketball as Ben is. Why? Because he's literally a foot taller than me. Other of you guys are super great musicians, and you know many of the students who are awesome musicians, they serve every single week here on our stage. And a lot of you guys are super artistic, and you draw, and you do all that. Well, guess what? Your gifts that have been give, you have been given, that's your influence. See, God wants you to use those gifts for him, to influence the people that, that are around you because of your gifts, and also use those gifts in his house. You see, every single Wednesday for the last several weeks, at 6.15, if you walk in here, there are literally dozens of students here. They're here ready to serve because why? They understand whenever I'm on fire for God, I'm obedient, and I serve others, God will be faithful to me in return. So if you're not already, at 6.15, you need to be here ready to greet, help ready to welcome people. And here's the awesome thing. If every single person in the room does that, like right now we have an awesome group. I think we had like over 80 people do it last week. I don't know what we had this week, but guess what? If you guys make that commitment and you say, God, I'm all in for you. I'm ready to serve other people for you. Meredith, every single week, you're like, I'm ready to go, God. I'm going to show up at 615. I'm ready to do this right here. Lexi, if you start doing that every single week. Johnny, you start doing that every single week. Eli, you start doing that every single week. Every single one of you guys start doing it. That's when the mix, it stops becoming just a Wednesday night program, but ends up becoming a movement by God. And it's something that is fueled by you guys right here. The students serving students, that's what the mix is all about. And what I love is whenever someone becomes active for God, people take notice. In the Bible, whenever we look at Joseph, his life, everywhere he goes, it says three things. It says, one, that God was with him. Two, that he was made successful because he served God. And three, somebody noticed. Whenever you live on fire, God people are going to start taking notice of you. They're going to say, you know, there's just something different about that guy. I don't know what it is, but and he has something that I want. And guess what? Conversations are going to start opening up. And those conversations can lead to you inviting those people to church. You see, whenever you serve God faithfully, he will give you opportunities to reach others faithfully. So that's the second thing. You start by serving others, then you 
reach others? How do you live out the calling, the purpose that God has placed on your life? You reach others, you serve others. See, Mark 16, it says, He said to them, Go into all the world, preach this good news to everyone. You just heard Drew talk about next week is color clash. It's such an incredible event. It's such an easy invite. But guess what? One, every one of you guys need to be here next week for that. It's going to be an awesome event. But two, you need to show up with somebody else. There is somebody in your life, in your school, on your sports team, in your family, somebody you know needs to be here next week. On your way out, you're going to be getting invites. Take those invites. Don't just throw them in the trash. Don't just throw them away. Don't throw them on like your, the floor of your parents' car. No, take those. Assign a name to those this week. Pray over them. Those should be people that you need to be bringing here next week. And not just next week for color clash. Every single week, you should be bringing somebody with you to the mix. Why? Because through all the fun labor, layers that we do, whether it is wiffle ball waffles, whether it's color class, we're going to be doing this giant foam cello event in a few, uh, few months and are just a month away, actually. See, the reason why do, we do that is because every single Wednesday night, there's one thing that's always constant here at the Knicks, that we preach the word of God, that the gospel of Jesus is always preached every single Wednesday night. And we give an opportunity for people to come to know God, come to know Jesus, and enter into that same relationship that you have, to experience the same love and peace that you have, to experience that same sense of purpose that you have, to know, you know, like no matter what happens, I know that God has my back. Well, guess what? Every single one of your family members, every single one of your friends, every single person you come in contact and experience that same thing. And guess what? All you have to do is invite. That's the beautiful thing about it. You're just responsible for the invite. You're not responsible for them saying, yes, that's up to God. Just imagine this. Imagine whenever you get to heaven one day, all the people who could be there because of you. Now, I was just thinking about it. It's like, it's not just the people you invite, but what about the people that they invite? I was thinking about the person actually who invited me to Fellowship Church, and I remember that, you know, he was a, like, he showed up for a reason. It was because someone else made him come. And I thought about because someone else made him come, I ended up coming. And there's this student I was just talking to a couple hours, or a former student. He went to Hebron High School. I invited him, and this summer, he invited another friend to serve with him, and it all started from that first person. And so many people came because of it. How cool is that going to be whenever you get to heaven and you can point you're like, that person's here because of my invite. He's here because of my invite. She's here because of my invite. My best friend is here because of my invite. My mom, my dad, they're here because of my invite. You see, whenever you go all in for God and you serve him faithfully, you reach others faithfully, God is always faithful in return. You see, when we left off with Joseph, he found himself in the prison. But and so that's not the end of the story. Eventually, through a series of circumstances, Joseph is elevated to the second highest position in all of Egypt. He's the one who ends up getting put in charge during this massive famine that Egypt has. He's the one who's in charge to make sure that everyone stays alive and everyone gets fed. Well, one day his brothers, guess what? His brothers need food. The same brothers that threw him into a pit and left him to die. And they hear about this prime minister who is giving away food to everybody. So guess what? They show up at Joseph's front door and they ask him for food. And the Bible tells us, And Joseph recognized his brothers, but they did not recognize him. 
And Joseph remembered the dreams that he had dreamed of them. His brothers also came and fell down before him and said, Behold, we are your servants. That was the dream that Joseph had over a decade earlier. The dream that God had given him over so many years before that finally came to fruition. And what I love about the story of Joseph is Joseph wasn't active then. He was active the entire time. He was on fire for God the entire time. He had every excuse to say, no, I don't have time for that right now. But see, Joseph understood that his position had purpose, that no matter where he found himself, that God wanted to use him in that situation. So he served faithfully and he reached others faithfully. And because of that, God blessed them along the way. And eventually, yes, he lived out and he fulfilled the purpose that God had given him so many years earlier. See, this school year, I want to challenge everybody in this room to solve. Just simply pray this prayer every single morning when you wake up. The prayer is just simply, God, I want you to do what you want me to do. God, today I want to go where you want me to go. God, today I want to be who you want to be, who you want me to be. I challenge you every single morning, wake up, take 30 seconds to pray that prayer. God, I want to do what you want me to do. God, I want to go where you want me to go. God, I want to be who you want me to be. And be obedient. As opportunities present themselves, seize them. Don't just let them pass by. Be obedient to God. Be on fire for Him. Understand that you're here for a reason. You're in your school, in your community for a reason. God wants to use you right now, right where you're at. If you do that, I promise you will see God use you in incredible ways like never before. Everyone around this room, go ahead, bow your eyes, bow your head, and close your eyes. God, today we come before you, God. We pray that in this school year that you just challenge us, that you allow us to be who you want us to be, God. Allow us to do what we, you want us to do. Allow us to go where you want us to go. God, we know that you have incredible plans and purposes for us, and God, we just want to be obedient to you in that, God. We want what you want for our lives. And God, we know there are people in this room who they've never asked you into their lives. They've never entered into a relationship with you. And if that's you I'm talking about, if you've never asked Jesus into your heart, I want to give you the opportunity to do so right now. All you have to do is say this prayer after me. You don't have to say it out loud. You can just say it to yourself. God knows your heart. Say, dear God, I've sinned. I've messed up. I've tried doing it on my own and I can't. I believe you sent your son Jesus down to this earth to live a perfect life, to die on a cross for my sins. And God, from this day forward, I commit to living my life for you. So God, right now, I ask you to come into my heart, transform me from the inside out. But no one looking around, if you prayed that prayer for the first time tonight, just do me for just raise your right hand in the air. Awesome. I see you.
God, we ask that over this next week you use us in incredible ways to do what you want us to do. God, we love you. We praise you. It's your son's name we pray. Amen. So if you made that decision as Jesus in your life for the first time, first off, congratulations. That's the best decision you will ever make. Yes. Give it up. Give it up for Right now, we want to help you out with your next step. So there's going to be a phone number on the screen behind me right now. If you've made that decision to ask Jesus in your life, just do me a favor. Go ahead and text your first and last name to 817-239-6695. All that we're going to do, we're just going to reach out to you, either myself, Pastor Drew. And we're just going to talk with you about your next steps in your uh, after your decision that you made. So if you made the decision to follow Christ, go ahead and text your first and last name. To 817-239-6695. Give me a few minutes to do so. Alright, one more time. You guys put your hands together. Celebrate when we made that decision again. A few things before we gotta get going. You guys put your hands together and make some crazy noise for my brother-in-law, Pastor Drew Wynn. We love Elvis. Here's a cool thing. If you guys live in Keller, next Wednesday night, we're launching the Keller Student Ministry. If you've never been a part of Color Clash, you're well, actually, hold on. That's a great, great message right now. Host, why don't you go ahead and just come forward. Now's our time. 